set you up. One of the things I love about that course, you still have bent grass greens. Right? I think. Better. That's what it says on the uh, sheet. They still have bent grass greens or they go Bermuda? Here? Yes. No, they're still bent grass greens. What, what do you think I'm talking about? Oh, you were just kind of adamant. I was like, what is he talking about? Yeah. No, they're still bent. You run the show. You run the show. I don't run the show. I just organize it. Yeah, so you don't have right. to. <laughs> well, today, today, bite me. How can they envision a golf course out of that? I don't get it. Yeah. They have an eye. It's maybe it's like some guys can read a good putt. I can't. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But uh, so we've been here since the beginning. Hey, my son is up on the board as the junior club champion two years in a row. Here? Mm-hmm. What's that get him? Did you got a trophy or anything? Um, what's the word that you're in? Black. No, that you're, it's forever. In perpetuity? You'll... Help a me. A plaque? <sighs> Never mind. Just just keep going. <laughs> He's immortalized? I thought yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's there forever. Well, that's in perpetuity. Yeah. That's forever. Yeah. It wasn't the word I was looking for, though. No. At least you didn't say there's no way that's a word. To license it. But that's what, that's what drives me crazy. It's common sense, and it's looking after somebody else. It's it's being aware of your of your brethren around you, and if you're if you're leaving a snail trail everywhere, I mean that's just sorry on your part. That's Rick Arnett. That is me, the highest of the high horses. Well, we had a we had a meeting, one of those clandestine meetings with the clandestine clandestine meetings yes. with one of our. <laughs> Used it right though, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Need the accent in a different so part of the word. So, um, so we were. Uh, That's a treasure to you, Jay. Where were we? I guess you didn't get woken up in that special way. It was a little, little early for. Not, not unless I did it myself. <laughs> oh, Mark, not quite that flexible. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> Did Nobody you? knows what we're talking about. Inside joke. <laughs> anyway, it's my birthday. I can say what the hell I want. On Sports Radio 1310 and 96.7 The Ticket, you got the tee box. I'm Rick Arnett, and normally by my side is uh, the hero of our Opens, Craig Rosengarten. Hey, y'all. Florida. Went out to the PGA show and then took a couple extra days off. He's uh, he's relaxing by the ocean down there somewhere in Florida. So in his stead is our editor-in-chief of Avid Golfer Magazine, also co-host of Country Force. And if you believe Twitter, a really cool guy, that would be one Eli Jordan. Hello, Rick. All right, buddy. I am awesome. Is that Rick and Ricky. Happy to be here, man. Yeah, so you're, uh, you are uh, endorsed as a cool guy. Oh, I, I, I some, am a cool guy, Rick. Not some P1s, but he, the the king of cool, Mike Reiner himself, signed he, off on yes, that. Yes, he is the king of cool. How I about agree. that? Sultan of cool, He is will. the sultan. I wonder how the uh, Petty Theft show was last night. They played over at the Barley House. I think that was their first gig since his retirement. I bet it was 
Uh, I'm sure they're doing fine. They put on a really good show. Oh, yeah. I've seen them three times, I think. They're, yeah, they always put on a really good show. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend if you have not seen the Petty Theft Live. Yes, yes. If you like, And especially if you like uh, Tom Petty, which mm-hmm. I do. Uh, we are at the greatness of Crest Cars today. It's our home away from home last Saturday of the month. We were in the Infinity side in Frisco on the north side of 121 and Legacy. And we'll be here till 10. And then Eli does double duty, and he'll be on with uh, Ty Walker broadcasting Country Force to the masses till noon. Oh, so yeah. Double dip. <laughs> the four-hour stint here. Well, that's because you're cool. You can get I'm away with it. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, on the Infinity side, still one of my favorite deals. It's the QX50. It's their little uh, new crossover. Mere two ninety nine a month. How about that? And you can get a QX80, which I call the, uh, that's their big, humongous. It's my wife's favorite car because the, the chairs are just so comfy. It's like just a bark lavish. Lounge, right? You can get that for five ninety nine a month. Only the finest leathers. Yeah, and it, they still have two thousand nineteens around for on the Cadillac side. You can get up to ten grand off a XT five, and eighteen grand off an Escalade. I love my Crest Volvo, but I've always kind of been interested in the Caddy. I don't know why. I think it's just like an American thing. It's yeah. old school. Caddy's got some good stuff. They have a CT five, which is brand new. It's their new sedan, and I hear it is something I need to review. Escalade. That was a game changer for the luxury SUV, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Especially from an American side. That was kind of like the f- maybe early 2000s, late 90s was when mm-hmm. the Escalade debuted, and it was Probably. it was a hot seller. Yeah. It's it's the it's the vehicle of ballers. Yes. Everybody loves so. that. And I wish uh, I wish more manufacturers would go back to the n- naming cars. Most of the imports seem to have letters and numbers as a designation, but Cadillac and I guess a lot of the GM stuff. Still has names. Yeah, they're kind of running out, though, aren't they? Never run out. They don't run out of names on golf clubs. Yeah, that's thought, true. Who would have thought of Maverick for the new Callaway driver? That's spelled Maverick. M-A-V-R-I-K. <laughs> Maverick. So, uh, and don't forget Volvo. That's out on uh, uh, 75 in Plano between Park and Parker. You can get an XC60 for mere 409 a month. Hmm. Hmm. Pretty good. And something that Kern drives an, S- an S60, it's the uh, sedan for a mere two ninety nine a month. So he highly endorses that as well. All right, we have Eli here. We have Kern out here engineering. Good morning. Good morning to you. I'm trying to remember the last time I arrived before you at a remote. It's been a while. Been quite a while, right? You were close today. I was a little close. And uh, we have Jay King back at the station, the king of opens. Good morning, gentlemen. That was a beauty. Yeah, I had a lot to work with. <laughs> yeah, you seem to have quite the library. He has his finger on the button like 24-7 when he's on our show. He says, okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. I used to have to, you know, I used, I wrote it on paper, like hand wrote it. Now I type right. it on a computer because they're coming like they so fast. Carp- carpal tunnel from Right, yeah, I have to look ship. out for my future self. We shotgun him. One day, one day when Craig and I both take a week off, I think we'll we'll impart Jay to just play. Uh, what's the thing they call the not bad? What's the thing they rotten they radio? Rotten radio. Mm, yes. We could have rotten tea box. Rotten tea box. Do that for two hours and see how that goes. Yeah, that should yeah. be pretty good. That'd, that'd probably be an eight or ten hour show, I think, if you just compiled all of them. I would be. Uh, I would challenge the listeners to see if that was a normal show or not. 
when they're listening, they're driving around. Right, yeah. <laughs> to see if they can actually yeah. figure out that it was just recorded. This isn't rotten. This is normal. You could even break it up into segments of parts with like uh, one segment of Craig just trying to pronounce words. Yeah, that's a show in its own. <laughs> Clandenstein. That's a new one. Not to How's Craig. It? No. How is that not nominated? That's what I don't get. Yeah, they don't pay Hit, attention it, to the weekend stuff. Well, they kind of do, but the uh, the bar has been raised very high for Craig. So he has to really hit one out of the park. You get to do that. So, All right, we have a lot of stuff to get to today. Don't forget, uh, we have the new magazine out here. Uh, really good article that Eli wrote about um, how a custom putting shaft actually makes a difference. I'm scratching my head on it, but you said it actually works. Well, early returns are positive. I'll nice. put it that way. Yeah, I can't wrap my head around something that work that keeps your club face square when you're when you're stroking a putt that maybe two miles an hour. I don't know. I don't even know what the speed of a putting stroke is. It's a good question. But if it works for you, it's like a placebo. Even if it is a placebo. Yeah. If it works, that's the deal. Uh, also, you can check out idealgolfer.com. We have a twofer. You can play Bridalwood for up to 63% off any day through mid-March for only uh, 39 And you can play the greatness of Westridge and McKinney right up the road from us. One of the most unique layouts, six par threes, fours, and fives. So if you like any of those, you get a full full dose. A couple of good tracks. Yeah, it's only 29 bucks. That saves about 64%. Check that out on idealgolfer.com. All right, let's get this show on the road. Good morning. Because... Good morning, uh... Um, Samuel. Samuel. <laughs> you forgot Samuel. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't. So I let Craig say hello. Not yet. Morning, Samuel Hale. Sounds a lot like Justin Montemayor. See, you're not the first person to tell me that, and I'm not sure how to take that still. It's been a, a few times. I like Justin. So that's a broadcast professional you're talking a, about right there. Yeah, just ask him. But um, oh. No, I like Justin a lot. He's one of my faves. Oh. And uh, no, when I'm just driving around and I and you pop on, I think is Justin working? At it? I think. And now Eli doesn't think so. Think what? You don't think uh, Samuel sounds like Justin? Mm, not not a lot. I mean, it, I'd have to listen to more of them side by side. Hmm. I, I envision a future show. Okay. Sam yeah. and Sam. Sam. Sam and Sam, Sam and Justin. Justin. Send an email. Maybe it'll happen. You yeah. never know. There's a lot of there's a lot of politics going. On. They're actually taking over for the hard line. Yeah, yeah. Corby's retiring. Too. They're definitely politicking the uh, the on, on on Twitter and all that, and who's getting what, and who's trying to make. Boy, some that's Boy. become a beating. I'm telling you what. I, I've received no fewer than ten thousand questions over the last two and a half weeks. Man, what's going on with the hard line? I don't know. I don't even think they know. No, I have no idea what's going to happen. Yep. Nobody does. But it will at some point. All right, now we got everything done. Let's get into uh, the first segment. Uh, a twofer. Why the Golf Hall of Fame is the absolute worst in sports. And I got a really good instructional tip for beginners. We'll talk about all that next. We broadcast from Crest Cars in Frisco. Hey, the greatness of a Club Corp and their one membership brings you this segment. You can join a club in the Dallas area or really anywhere in the country. You can play huge discounts at any one of their other club core establishments and you get half off food which is always near and dear to me and Eli's half off food that means you can buy twice as much that's true that's true <laughs> that math adds up yes so check it out at clubcorp.com 830 get a leaderboard action I got a kind of cool stat about Tiger 850 I always wonder about this when 
the celebrity golf teachers. And they get ranked every year. And what they charge. A lot. Some not only charge per hour, some charge per day. Yes. And some of the high-end ones will have day-long clinics, and they run into the five, six, four, five, six mm-hmm. bigs. Mm-hmm. Nine, ten. The Avid Golfer Compound got inundated with the sick. It was pretty lonely this week. I think I'm the lone survivor of the last two weeks. My immune system is strong. Is Rick. it strong? It's just waiting. Knock on wood. It's just waiting to hit you at the worst possible moment. Well, when your blood's consisted mainly of Jägermeister, it tends to ward off. That does dilute. Yeah, it does it dilute does. The, the flu virus and everything. That's right. right? <laughs> Forget the shot. Just take shots. Uh, and then at nine thirty, I'm curious about this because. Uh, I think, personally, there shouldn't be an illegal club out there. I don't care how you hit a putt. I don't care. I don't care if you use side saddle, use croquet. I don't think there's anything in the golf world that guarantees a perfect shot. There's no such thing because you have a very imperfect person holding onto that club. Yeah, I mean, I I can see the argument there. I, I don't know. I mean, I think the majority of the rules they have surrounding equipment are based off of just kind of the history of the game and kind of maintaining that integrity from yesteryear. Or a knee-jerk reaction because somebody got hot with it. Yes. Like, like the anchored the, the putter. The anchored putter, yes, where, you know, you had Adam Scott who couldn't put a lick all of a sudden Simpson, wins the major Keegan championships. Bradley. And yes, and, and so, and, I mean, you could argue that most of those guys are still doing it. I mean, I know. It, it's just there's such a fine line there. I mean, you watch Bernard Longer who's been doing it for years. There's such a fine line between anchoring and not anchoring. It's hard to watch every single putt and determine whether they're doing it or whether they're not. Yeah, we'll talk about the 930 because there's a, there's a putter out there that a little controversial, whether it's a good idea, bad form, or blatantly illegal. Talk about that at nine thirty. Then we'll mix with country force. That'll be a tough, be a tough uh, yep, commute tough for Eli. Yeah. <laughs> but first, so the World Golf Hall of Fame, which I wholeheartedly believe is the worst Hall of Fame in sports. Hmm. Have you ever been to the Professional Bowling Hall of Fame, which is actually in Arlington? No. You should go check that out. I haven't been, but I've heard it's cool. Earl Anthony's in there? It's actually, I believe, the International Bowling Hall of Fame. I think it's all-encompassing. Big Dick Weber? Uh, Pete Weber? No, that's his, his dad is Dick Weber. Oh, okay. Pete, Pete Weber's the, Pete's the puppy. The, He's yeah, the son. The He's the offspring. guy, yeah. He's the offspring. Yes. Earl Anthony and, uh, God, there was a... I used to weep that show back in the day. I actually really enjoyed it. Of course, it shows you we didn't have much going on. We didn't no. have video games or any of that other stuff. Yeah, so you just tune in to watch ski jumping or bowling. Wide world of sports, yep. baby. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they keep tweaking the entrance entrance requirements because they're running out of players to induct. And what I don't understand is why induct anybody? Well, wait till they're ready. I was going to say, and when you brought this up to me about doing a segment on it. My first thought was, well, shouldn't the Hall of Fame be an exclusive club? Why, why tweak the, the rules to include more people if they didn't previously have the credentials to be a Hall of Famer? Why alter the rules so they could automatically become Hall of Famers? Yeah, it should be exclusive, not inclusive. Yes. Yeah, so I don't understand it. Otherwise, it turns into the Hall pretty good. So what's your, what is your personal benchmark for a golf Hall of Famer? One major and ten wins? No, uh, they've dummied it down. So Fred Couples is in. He's got a players, and he's got a major, and he's got 16 tour wins. Forget the Champions Tour. That's that's after the fact. But, I mean, if it's it's not the PGA Hall of Fame. It's the Golf Hall of Fame. I know. So you've got to include 
but you're making career, your, PGA career, champions career, teaching career, but broadcasting making, career. But you're making your nut off the PGA Tour, uh, typically. 100%. Right? I completely agree. But if, it, but if it is just strictly – it's like the Basketball Hall of Fame. I mean, you include college, pro, you include – WNBA, all of that, they all go into the Basketball Hall of Fame. It's not just the NBA Hall of Fame. It's not. It's not like pro football where it's right. just the pro football. It's just NFL. It should be. It should be the the pro golf Hall of Fame. I think that's what majority. So like, of people so it should be in. the PGA Tour Hall of Fame. Yeah, maybe a Europe tour. I mean, a European tour. I mean, if you want to put uh, Colin in because he won like nine orders of merit in a row, but he never won a major. Yeah, you're gonna put Todd Hamilton in. He won a major and won a bunch in Japan. If you're if you're doing just yeah, like the won, World Golf Hall of Fame, so he won twice on the PGA Tour. No, I don't think so. Okay. He's, he's I'm, the, I'm just I'm just playing devil's advocate here. If you're oh. gonna try and do it all across the world of golf, okay. So here's my benchmark because I think a Hall of Fame should be a no-brainer. If I have to think about it, then you're not a Hall of Famer. You're a Hall of pretty good, maybe a Hall of really good, but you're not. A game changer. You're not somebody that's a nobody. So, in my my world, three majors is a minimum. Three. Yeah. So Jordan Spieth retires tomorrow. Let's say he all of a sudden discovers yeah. that he has a three majors. degenerative back disorder and he can never play again. Yep. He's, he's a golf hall of famer. He's golf. Plus, he's also has double digit tour wins. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just trying trying to figure out to where me because there's a lot of first time one time and only winners on the majors. Davis Love, Davis Love, Sean McKeel, uh, yeah, Wayne I mean, Levy. You can't, you, know. put, you can't put Davis Love and Sean McKeel in the same. No, I know. So Davis Love is a world. He he's a, he has a legacy now. He's won at least twenty tournaments overall. Yeah. So you get that, you have a lifetime exemption. Okay, I kind of get any one of players. So players is like you know major light. Yes, I'll, I'll kind of give you the bit. And I think I think Davis Love's a Hall of Famer. I mean, I think he probably should be. Yeah, Lanny Watkins. He's got one major. And he's got 20. Um, but then when you start getting into the Jim Furyk's of the world, one major, 16, but he's got a 58 and a 59. Right. Yeah, the only guy that's ever shot sub-60 twice. Yeah, so I, I guess. But, again, and, I have to think to about To me, it. like winning a U.S. Open almost kind of trumps the other majors, too. And that's just me because I think it is probably the most difficult major to win because – the course conditions are always so tough. Like to win a U.S. Open, to me, that's as much as I love watching the Masters. The field is so thin there. Right now, it's some of the best players in the world. But like the U.S. Open, I mean, it's so many players, and the courses are always so difficult. I feel like it's it's the hardest one to win. I think it depends. I think you, if you asked Rory McIlroy, he'd say the Masters is the toughest. Well, uh, th- there's no doubt. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Horses for courses, right? Sure. Especially when you have that pressure where you, that's the last one. You know, he, this year, he, Rory, Mickelson, and Spieth all have a chance to get a career, uh, career slam. Yeah. Mickelson, I think. U.S. Open. Yeah. yeah and Rory at the R- Masters. And, uh. And Jordan at the PGA. He needs a PGA. He needs yeah. a PGA. He's like Tom Watson, I think. That's the easiest one to get, I think, the PGA. Hmm. Courses don't Maybe. tend to play as tough. I mean, depending on where it is. Maybe. But it's at where Harding Park this year. Uh-huh. That's a yeah, course San Francisco. you played. Love you, that course. You think Speed, you got like yeah. in there, you got a chance? You know, if he can, he's, well, we'll get to the leaderboards at 830, but he's shot a couple of 70s, which is kind of pedestrian. Big question for him is what does he do on the weekends? His weekend scoring has been deplorable. His Sunday scoring is Saturday and Sunday bad. outrageously bad. But real quick, so the World Golf Hall of Fame decided to lower their uh, their eligibility from age fifty to forty five, or three years retired from the game. 
Why? Because they're running out of they're running out of options. And I guess they have the feeling that they need to induct somebody every year. I think it just cheapens it. It's turned into like whatever. Yeah, I, mean, I think we agree here that yeah. you know it, it, it should be an exclusive club to be in the Hall of Fame of a professional sport. You have to be at the tip top of the mountain, and to s- start altering the requirements just to add more people, it seems like you're watering it down just just for the sake of trying to have a ceremony every. And year. how about this? How about you don't induct anybody unless they're unless they're retired or they're ready to go to the senior tour. Senior tour is kind of like that demarcation point. Yeah, I mean it's it's more of a exhibition. Inducting that, active players seems. Weird. I mean, now obviously Tiger, Tiger can go in his, next year, right? And I mean, and obviously he should be a Hall of Famer. Nicholson's already in; he's still playing. It just it seems like the other professional sports kind of get this right in having a five year waiting period before you can be eligible mm-hmm. to be in the Hall of Fame because it gives people a little bit of time to reflect on their careers. Now, some guys, your Mariano Rivera's of the world, Ken Griffey Jr., you they're going to be in. Everyone sure. knows they're going to be in. Derek Jeter just voted in the Baseball Hall of Fame a few days ago. Everyone knows they're going to be Hall of Famers. It's just a matter of waiting out that five years, and then you know you get the ballot, and it's it's over and done with. I just there's something just fundamentally strange about inducting players that are still active. I mean, can you imagine if if Major League Baseball would have inducted Nolan Ryan when he right. was you know still had three years left with the Rangers? Yeah, it's 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 unstable, and the fact that the other sports have usually have a five year, they sometimes they have a special. I think. Uh, Gail Sayers was voted in early because his career ended from injury. But but the tour, PGA Tour goes or the you know the World Golf Hall of Fame moved it to three years. Yeah. So it makes no sense. I just the, whenever I read that, I just kind of go, what are these guys doing? It would be like inducting Tom Brady into the Pro Football Hall of Fame now, like, yeah. while he's still playing. Why rush? Okay. So my uh, my best instructional tip I've seen in quite a while. So I get a lot of emails. What do I do? I want to take up the game. What do I do? So I say, get some lessons, uh, because you're a blank slate. Don't start with bad habits. See if you can get those out of the way. Go to the range, and uh, you can, you know, I don't think you need to be fitted right away, because you don't even know what your swing's going to be like. So just get a 7-8 iron and hit that for a while. Forget the driver. I know the driver is fun, but what you have to realize is you've got to try and hit the ball fairly consistently, at least moving it forward. So when you get on the range and you can do that kind of consistently, then you go out and play a round of golf. And when you play with your buddies and you chili dip one or you top one, just take your ball and and place it next to the next to one of your partners when he hits it down the fairway. Just keep doing that. Just try not to get in the way, but you're learning. Yeah. Right. The other one I thought was really cool is you shouldn't play from any other tee than the than the than the forward tees, the red tees until you can break 80 from the forward tees. I think that's an interesting idea. Yeah, I mean, it would definitely speed up the pace of play, and it makes the course, a, generally makes the course a lot easier, depending on where you're playing. Yeah, and you're not overwhelmed by, by trying to hit Distance three woods off the and, deck and you know, all that kind of thing. I, th- I thought it was, you know, they say when you're trying to get over that mental hump of you're trying to break 90, 80, 70 for the first time, go play from the Reds. And if you can do it from that, then at least you know you can chip and putt. Yeah, you know that's well, a, that's an interesting thought. I mean, as someone that's struggled to, I mean, I've hovered around shooting eighty for ten years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, me too. I, I I usually shoot somewhere between seventy-seven and eighty-three 
every time I play. That's kind of my if range I play too. terrible, I shoot terrible. I shoot like ninety one or ninety two. Mm-hmm. If I play great, I shoot seventy three or seventy four. Right. It's it's very rare that I have those outliers. More often than not, it's between 77 and 83. And it's really, really frustrating. I'd never considered that, like, just going out to local Muni and just teeing it up from the red tees to see if I could shoot 68 from the red tees. And here's the other thing, too. If you ever try that, um, you'd be amazed at the hazards the hazards that normally wouldn't come into play now do. Yeah, that's true. So I think it's a good it's a good try, um, and it's something you can see where your game is. And, again, it's all about chipping and putting. So you get that down. The other stuff kind of takes care of itself. But, yeah, go get a lesson. Go get a group of lessons first. You know, I've never had one. I have. Uh, what I, I don't know about you. I hate watching my swing on video. Really? Because I think I look better than I am. Like, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to put, like, a Fred Couples-type swing on this, but just from the mental standpoint of. <laughs> you think you're, like, the big easy, huh? No, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking of just from the tempo. You know, just think tempo. Yeah. And then I see it on video, and I don't look anything like that. No. Even I well, most people like don't. Yeah. I know. But, uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. But, I, yeah, lessons are – I think lessons are pretty good. They'll tweak you a little bit. And if you want to get over that next hump, you want to start shooting low 70s and 60s. I could probably use one. I just – it's hard for me to just shell out dough to do that, though. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just – I'm also so worried that I've been playing for so long with the same swing, with the same, same – habits are so ingrained. That, right, that I think that they're going to want to try and start me from the ground up and say, oh, well, the first thing I'm going to do is I need to work on your grip. I'm like, well, I've been doing this for 30 years, you know. It's going to be tough to change it. Well, I think I think the best teachers don't wholesale change you, at a, especially at a certain age. They tweak you. Yeah, which is – I'm sure – Work with what you got. Those. For you me, know? mainly, it's just all short game-based. Yeah. And we'll get more into the putting and me stuff too. here in a little bit because I found some technology that I think may help. Nice. Good morning, Mike Broson. Mike, how you doing, buddy? He's Good all clean-shaven and everything. Had Domo here at Crest Cars. Looking thin, too. Look at that striking figure over there. Okay. It is uh, 8.30 on the ticket. T-Box out at um, Crest Cars today. Crest Infinity, Crest Cadillac, Crest Volvo. And that was brought to you by Arcus Golf. The greatness of Arcus Golf. You can get a player's prime program card, and you can get discounts on their rounds of golf from around the Metroplex. You can get free range balls, and you get a free Crush Burger, which I wholly endorse. Never had the Crush Burger. Pretty, you, you, really, you seem to be a big proponent of the Crush Burger. I like the Crush Burger. Yeah, good stuff. So Have check it out try. at ArcusGolf.com. All right, up next, we've got a leaderboard. we got Tiger in it. Um, and I have a question for Eli, plus a good trivia uh, note regarding Tiger. We'll talk about that next on the ticket. All right, T-Box out at Crest Cars today. We'll be here till noon because after this show, Country Force will take over. With Eli Jordan filling in for Craig, who's out in Florida doing the PGA show and kicking a couple days R&R. So, you get a double dose of Mr. Cool. Eli Eli Jordan. Jordan. (laughs) Hi, Ryan's. 8.50. Talking about golf teachers. When they come out with their list every year, and this is voted upon by, I I don't know if it's by peers or what, but what they charge... For an hourly lesson or, or a daily lesson is, is quite interesting. Talk about that at 8.50, 9.10. Our office is decimated by the sick. And at 9.30, is this piece of equipment a good idea, bad form, or completely illegal? Talk about that then. But first, we have the leaderboard. Got a sponsor back there? No sponsor. Well, we do. Bob's Steak and Chop House because um, Bob's kid, Mark Sambolt, caddies for scott harrington mm-hmm. on the tour he does we'll tell you how he did but uh check out the original bob steak and chop house on lemon okay before we get in the leaderboard for you eli when is the golf season kickoff 
Well, I've always kind of felt like the tournament in Scottsdale always kind of feels like the beginning of the golf season to me. That's kind of when I first get locked in because it's usually Super Bowl weekend and I'm kind of kind of in the mood for all of the sports mm-hmm. starting on like Friday. If there's a Mavericks game, I'll sit down and watch that start to finish. And then Saturday after I get done with the show, I'll go home and watch the golf all afternoon. And right. then Sunday obviously is Super Bowl Sunday. So that's always kind of felt like it to me. I think the first really full field, really good event of the year is always the one this weekend, the Tory. Farmers at Torrey Pines. But for me, I think the first one I really watch a lot of is, is TBC Scottsdale. Okay. I'm going to say, which is next week. Yes. Um, this is mine. Maybe because I have an affinity for the course. I, I lived in San Diego for 10 years back in the day. And I've said this before, if you're a long-time P1 of the T-Box, I used to get to play that course for 6 bucks because I had a San Diego residency, and we used to wear that place And it's, it's still really cheap for residents, right? I mean, I say like 40. I was going to say it's like 50 bucks, and yeah. then like for out-of-towners, it's like 300 Very reasonable. Yeah. And both courses are they're fun. Uh, the, the south course is definitely tougher than the north, but, man, the views you get out there, it is – I'm I'm a sucker for any course that's by the ocean. Oh, there is nothing better than ocean golf. Yeah, so uh, that's when it starts for me. It doesn't start in it doesn't start in Hawaii for some reason. I don't know why the Sony should, but it doesn't. Yeah, I watched a little bit of both of those tournaments. I watched the really good playoff between Shoffley mm-hmm. and Justin Thomas and Patrick Reed a few weeks back. That was that was entertaining to watch on a Sunday evening. But I think the only reason I watched that is because it was like the only thing that was on at the time. Yeah. Um. But I'll take I'll take this one, and then the waste management next week is is the most fun I think. It is. Okay, so uh, Torrey Pines. One of the one of the issues about that course, every course on the West Coast has Poana greens, which right. they tend to get bumpy in the afternoon. So Tiger's won eight times there. He's won multiple times up at the AT and T up at Pebble, Poana. He four putted the first hole yesterday from inside like nine feet. I mean, that was tough. And he came back to score pretty well. But good trivia question. One of his partners in the one of his group is was Colin Morikawa. Okay? For a guy from uh, Cal. Good mm-hmm. player. Yes. He is the Great first young player. First golfer paired with Tiger in a pro event that was born after Tiger turned pro. Which was 96. Is that right? Yeah. In 96. Yeah. yeah. Little trivia there huh. for you. So, but as far as leaderboard goes, a local is leading at ten under par. He shot Ryan Palmer shot a sixty-two yesterday in the north and bogeyed the last hole. Oof. That's when you think that's when a sixty-two bums you out. I don't have that kind of game. I do for about uh, fourteen holes. Yeah, yeah, through about thirteen. Yeah, uh, and he's done pretty well this year. I have him on both my fantasy teams. So. Keep rocking, uh, Ryan. Brand- like, you know, I think this might be the year where he finally breaks through at Colonial. I hope so. He, I, member there. Yeah. And, you know, Maybe it's too I, familiar for him. I don't know. Well, you know, I don't know if it's that or if it is. I, I know this to be the case with Mark Brooks, who, you know, is from Fort Worth and, you know, longtime player at Colonial. He always felt a lot of pressure that week because sure. he really, really wanted to win there. And I wonder if it's not maybe a little bit of the same for Ryan Palmer, it being his home course and really wanting to win, at, you know, at his home track in front of all of his, you know, family and friends and all that kind of stuff. I I think there is some additional pressure there. But, boy, if anybody knows that golf course, it's him. And I think that this might be the year he finally breaks through there. I wonder if it matters because he plays it year-round. I wonder if the, the, when the changes are made for the PGA Tour event, is it, if, is it enough that kind of messes with him a little bit? 
I wouldn't think so. I mean, especially the course like Colonial. Just be able to read every green re- like it's Really, crazy. all they do is just kind of grow the rough up a little bit. Speed up the greens a little bit. Maybe a touch. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't think they speed them up to the point where it's someone like that who is able to adapt so rapidly. I, I don't think that it would be that big of a difference. Uh, Brand Snedeker, who's won the event a couple times, he's at eight under par. Well, he still looks like Alfred E. Newman to me. A little bit, yep. Uh, J.B. Holmes, who a couple of years ago was catching the ire of everybody because he took forever. He took four minutes to figure out what he wanted to hit on 18 and wound up laying up. Also, apparently the stinky guy on tour. I've heard he's carries. Those are those rumors. Although Craig and I ran into him, <laughs> Craig and I ran into him at a at a pro am event, and uh, he was hitting uh, second shots in a par fives. I didn't get a whiff of anything strange. Yeah, but I was I was definitely bracing myself. <laughs> Just because if it's true, man, I don't be knocked sideways, you know. Uh, Jonathan Vegas is seven under. A guy that Craig took on two teams. He's from Denmark, I believe. Came in sixth last week and uh, at Palm Springs. Sebastian Kaplan. In fact, he's so unknown, Craig didn't even know his first name. He just said, that guy looks like a good value. Sounds like a Kaplan. Yeah. And he's also at seven under. Uh, Bo Hostler. The uh, UT player at six under par. Keegan Bradley, six under. I'm looking at some of the better names. Jason Day's at four under par. So is Bubba Watson. Jordan Spieth. Okay, so two rounds of 70. His, uh, let me see if I can get his stats here real quick because his biggest bugaboo has not been, has not been putting. It's been strokes gained off the tee. He's 42nd this week, which is actually good for him because he's been horrible. But he's also 43rd in strokes gained putting, which isn't so great. But he's only 12th. But he's 12th in uh, strokes gained tee to green, not too shabby. But his third and fourth round scoring uh, last year was deplorable in the 170th ranking for a final round for a guy like him. So historically, last year he played really well on Thursday, Friday, and then. He disappeared on Saturday, Sunday. A guy with his caliber, I yeah, can't imagine. Yeah, and he just, you, you can't, I can't imagine that it's like the pressure's getting to him. He's won three majors. He's won tons of tournaments. It's not like on Saturday and Sunday he's all of a sudden collapsing because he's never been in that situation before. It's just, it's got to be just a, an anomaly. Don't you, don't you think, though, everything gets in your head after a while? I mean, he hasn't won in two years. Yeah, no. I mean, so I, then yeah, you start thinking, agree, right? But yeah, I just, I, I just can't figure out why he would just crater on the weekends like that. It just Me neither. Make any sense? He should, he should be heads, head and shoulders up ahead of most of the players on the weekend because he's been there, done that. Yeah. But you know, it's like anything else. He c- tends to be a little flighty. You know, mm. it's a little, it's a little mental. Actually, he's just too hard on himself. Uh, Rory McIlroy is also at four under sixty-seven seventy-three. Top of the modern end to you. Yeah, he. Um, wasn't making many, very many putts yesterday. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, 400. Also Tiger Woods, 69-71. Shot a 71, which is one under on Friday with a, with that four putt. <laughs> on your first hole. Yikes. Uh, let's see, anybody else? Have, no, Jason Duffner, three under. Um, but I think it's more important about the guys who missed the cut. Ricky Fowler missed it by one. Um, Gary Woodland, big popular pick, uh, missed it by two. Phil Mickelson missed it by two. One thing I noticed about watching it this week are how many horseshoe putts were missed. 
I mean, they would just circle the hole. and I, I've never seen as many 360 putts missed. It's weird. I don't I don't get it. It's I'm one of those sure. things that happen. Yeah. Got a couple of local guys that withdrew, Danny Lee and Hunter Mayhan. Yeah, Hunter Mayhan. So, <laughs> let me see if they show this. He shot a 45 on the – he started on the back nine yesterday. He had one par, six bogeys, and a triple. Ooh. So that's why he withdrew. I always wondered about that. So you, you have no chance to win, right? You have no chance to make the cut. Wouldn't you just stick around to try and figure something out, take some chances? We go, See, I wonder what's going on here. Because he played nine. Boy, maybe they just they just get so fed up they can't Well, or he, maybe he tweaks something and, and he just didn't even feel like trying to grind it out and why make it worse? Let's just go get on a plane and get home. Or, I guess. I don't know, it I almost just, has to be something injury-related where he – I would I would think you would draw before the round, if you're if you already think you're out of it. Well, it could have been maybe. But I guess when you the, shoot forty five right the number two tee box, maybe he tweaked his back and thought, well, I'll just try and see if I can get through nine. And then when he shot forty five, he went, well, yeah, let's go ahead and pull the ripcord on this thing before I shoot ninety four today. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but there was a lot of short putts missed yesterday. Did I mention this uh, that Tory Pines was fourth last year? I wish I had the first three. Couldn't they didn't say the. Fourth highest ranked course for most putts missed inside three feet. Really? Yep. Got to be the, the Poana Greens. Yeah. yeah. Although I so grew up on them, I didn't feel any different. But what Tiger was talking about yesterday is the secret to Poana Greens is you just take some of the break out. Yeah. You don't have a die at the hole. You just ram right through the break, and 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 that's why that's why you blew it like eight feet past on a on a I fairly think short putt. Pebble, I think, is the only course I've ever played that has Poan. I don't think. I don't think it. I don't find it that big a difference. I don't remember it being. You know, I don't remember thinking the greens were extremely bumpy. But yeah, so it'll be the next two rounds, and and you know, Tiger's in it, and Rory's in it, and Jordan's in it, Moving and day. John Rahm's in it. So there's some good players in there. Uh, so check that out today and tomorrow. All right, that was brought to you by the Texas Junior Golf Tour. They have their first tournament uh, this year over at the Tribute, right down the road. And if your kid wants to play, I think it's between uh, 12 and 18, 13 and 18, you can sign up. And, and if they're interested in, in playing some competitive golf, if they are and they're pretty good, the Texas Junior Golf Tour has some great um, channels through uh, college coaches and they have a lot of college coaches uh recruit out of that too so check it out at tjgt.com all right up next to crest cars golf teachers worth the price they charge we'll go through them next hey tango ridge is uh celebrating their 25th year in existence why we got the buffalo bill music don't know <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it kind of threw my wheels off for a second. The imaging from that, the way he was dancing. Uh, I am so glad little. that you guys pay attention to the returns. Oh yeah, because <laughs> right now, before now, this that play, one's a, that one's a hard one to miss. Now I told com- Sam, I was like, I'm going to see if they're paying attention. So Tanger Ridge is doing a deal through October, only 25 bucks to play 18 holes on the 25th of every month. Today is the 25th, and it's already sold out. So if you want to book ahead for February 25th, give them a holla at Tango Ridge Golf Club. Say hi to Mark Viskoski for Great us. Great course. Awesome guy. Love that course. All right, 9-10. If anybody else is dealing with the same things we are at the Avid Golfer Compound, it's kind of a bleak week. And then at 9-30, if this thing is uh, legal or not, a piece of golf equipment. But first... So I've taken some lessons in the past. Uh, I didn't take them for the longest time. I did everything by just kind of hunt and peck. 
you know, kind of figured out, figured out from error. the dirt, as Ben Hogan used to say. And not saying I was doing it right, but in some respects I kind of like it because you have to, the old school golfer tended to feel for a golf shot rather than come up with some kind of just robo robotic swing you know you just you don't care about your swing you care about getting the ball to a certain place well i mean that's done you know there is a laundry list of self-taught guys that have made it in the sport just look at champions tour yeah look at those swings absolutely or i mean you know even on the pga i mean jim furick and and guys like that i mean you know not not everybody has the very very i mean even jordan spieth i mean his swing is a little bit different than some of the guys definitely his grip is absolutely And, and if you look at not everybody is Adam Scott or Cam Champ or guys right. that have these kind of more traditional modern-day swings. But, you know, there's there's more than one way to get it in the hole. And, and for me, Mark. I mentioned before that I've never, <laughs> I've never had a lesson. <laughs> and at this point, I just don't know if – I think it would help my game, but I, I just don't know that I want to have someone come in that's never worked with me before and say, well, you need to start this, you need to do this, you need to do this. You know what would be cool? is not taking a regular lesson, take a playing lesson. Yeah, so that would out, be a bad idea. You go out idea. with a, a pro, and he'll play like three holes with you. Yeah. And just you learn course management. You learn to play from the tee, uh, from the green back to the tee rather than right blast it. You know. Well, and, and, you know, I've played with Todd Hamilton and Conrad right. several times, and they'll give me pointers mm-hmm. here and there, right. especially Todd. You're playing with him. You know, he, he noticed a couple of things about my wedges where he's like, man, you know, you're playing these way too far back in your stance. Right. You know, try this, and, and, and it helped. And, you know, he, he gave me a couple of putting tips as well, which have helped. So I always wonder, next time we get a pro on, I wonder if it's ma- not maddening, but you can't help yourself but notice everybody's swing flaw. Especially when you're playing in pro ams, and you just go, oh, "Does he want some? Does he want me to tell him something?" And, that, and there are some people that are because you can't get anti mid round advice. Where if you try and tell them something, it shoots their wheels completely off. Me, I, I'm the total opposite. I'm always for anybody saying, "Hey, man, you've ever tried this? Or ever tried this?" How about this? Don't tell me anything until I start struggling. If I'm coming out birdie birdie or about three pars in a row, let it lie. Yeah, but I, if I, I'm I, starting to, you know screw up okay i see what you're doing this is a common fault of yours. right and, and i think then most, you got nothing to lose most people are with it enough to know that hey he's playing well i'm not going to say anything to him right now it's kind of like the pitcher throwing a perfect game like you don't go down there and say oh hey man by the way uh you really need to touch yeah. that left arm a you little bit more right just just stay away from him but i mean but, if, you, if you if but if, if you're I a golfer go out and i'm teacher. hitting the ball a mile right off of every tee box and i'm playing with somebody right. like, hey man you know you might want to try you know aim left right or, or <laughs> well maybe not quite so generic, but you know, maybe close your stance down Do or whatever. Try know. this, right? Then I'm I'm totally fine with that. But all right, so Golf Digest comes out with their. They don't do it every year, but um, more times often than not, they come out with a ranking of the best golf teachers, and these are all voted on by their peers. Okay, which I find interesting. I think that's the best way well, to do it. Let me just t- and I haven't seen this list, but I could take a guess at probably who is number one. Okay, it's got to be. Butch, right? Butch Harmon voted number one nationally for the tenth time in the eleven surveys they've done. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, he, I mean, Tiger's on his resume. I mean, he's got so many good players. But here's the thing: guys don't stay with him. Tiger didn't stay with him. I don't know if that was ego or not. Um, Dustin's still with him. Maybe I know Ricky Fowler is not. He went to a new guy. Uh, 
Brent Snedeker was with him. I don't know if he's with him anymore. I know Gulbis was with him for a long time when she was still playing. I can't I, – I'm not sure if John Rahm went to – I don't know. It's it's a myriad of people. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just because the pros just need a tweak and they don't need constant supervision. I don't know. But he was ranked number one by – so he got 3,100 votes. The number two guy at 60, got 1,600. Pels? No, a guy named Mike Adams. Mike Adams, the former Rangers? Probably not. Seventh inning man? So Butch Harmon, what do you think he charges an hour? Oh, my God. I, an hour? Mm-hmm. Five grand? Well, he's reasonable in your eyes. 1500 Okay. I mean, I guess that makes, Wait a, that a, makes a little more sense. Oh, take a there's pick. breakfast this here. Is the, yeah. Everybody waits. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. Wow, that looks delightful. Ah, a little egg sandwich. Yes, love lovely, it. With, with some lovely. hash Thank browns you. on Thank it. You. Beautiful. Thank you. So he's fifteen hundred an hour. Now, if you're a touring pro, not that big a deal. If you're us, yeah, that's for tough. an hour. Yeah, that's tough. And I don't know. Does he, does he like fix a whole you? Paycheck. Is he going to fix <laughs> fix you in one hour? Probably not. So now uh, you're in it for at least three bills. Oh, you know, see, that and, and that's the thing is, you know, yeah, there are some of these guys that, yeah, they are a little bit expensive, but thank you, Mike Bros. Yeah, it's you know, you're not just going to take one lesson, right? It's got to be a series so. of lessons. So, I mean, let's say you find a guy and you feel like two hundred dollars an hour is reasonable. Let's mm-hmm. say you've got a little coin laying around. Yeah, yeah. I want to improve my golf game. Two hundred bucks an hour, no problem. Well, that one Thank lesson's you. not going to do probably much for you. I wouldn't think so. Uh, Mike Adams, he's at three fifty an hour. Uh, number four, David Ledbetter. Um, I don't know if his sheen is kind of falling a little bit. You know, he's getting a little long in the tooth now, isn't he? How old's Ledbetter? He's got to be in his 60s, doesn't Probably. he? Probably. Well, Butch is, Butch is no spring chicken. True. That's true. So he, what do you think Ledbetter charges? If 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 Harmon charges 1500 an hour, what would Ledbetter charge? So, for some reason in my head, I feel like Ledbetter's more expensive. Only 750 Really? Okay. Only 750 Uh Chuck Cook, he's down at the uh, uh, Texas, University of Texas golf course in Austin. Yeah, he is rated number one by Golf Digest in the state of yeah. Texas. He's a... Uh, He's three fifty an hour. Claude's brother, four fifty an hour. Butch's brother, Claude. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, Harmon the third. Jim McLean charges four fifty an hour. He's based out of Florida. Sean Foley, ex Tiger mm-hmm. coach. Um, what does he charge? Four hundred an hour. One thousand. One thousand. Now, you're telling you what, you get that Tiger Woods name on there, and all of a sudden that price goes way up. All right, so there's one caveat here, and you'll you'll hear this as we go down this list a little bit. Part of it is, I don't think a lot of these guys like giving lessons. So they're going to price that point at, okay, you're going to make it worth my while. It's kind of like when you go on an exhibition somewhere, and you say, okay, if you give me whatever, I'll come. But anything less than that is not worth my time. That's that's my guess. Yeah. The only Ty Walker in the house. Okay, so he's a thousand dollars an hour. Another Tiger coach, who bases right out of Dallas National. Como. Chris Como. What does he charge? Thousand an hour. Ten thousand dollars a day. God. Whoa. Ten. I mean. <sighs> now he's at Dallas National. Probably get probably has some customers. I, you know what? I, even at Dallas National, I bet there are people that are like, no, ten thousand, ten thousand dollars an hour. Bit, right? Okay. 
So I'm sure he's an extraordinary instructor. I watch his uh, stuff on the Golf Channel. He asks has some pretty is, decent is stuff. Is there anything that he's doing that is that much more dynamic than, say, oh, let's take Joey Wartenberger? who is over at Texas Rangers Golf Club. Right. He's ranked as the number 11 instructor in the state of Texas this year. Right. Is there anything that Chris Como is doing that is that much f- more far and beyond yeah, he's what, Tiger's what, coach. what that kid's doing over? Yeah, that, that, this is, right, how, that's this the point. is what I taught Tiger. Well, that <laughs> and then you kind of go, well, okay, so do I need to swing 120 miles an hour and I have to have 15 majors already before this will work? Or, or what you can also do is, you know, fire up a YouTube video and watch what Butch Harmon was doing with Tiger 15 or 20 years ago. <laughs> Good point. All right, Cameron McCormick, Justin, or Jordan's uh, coach, hangs out at Trinity Forest. Mm-hmm. What's his charge an hour? 1500 500 500 okay. So – I'm finding these things. That is some, an hour, though. I know, but, but it's all relative. Yeah. Because some people like giving lessons, and they'll price themselves accordingly. And another guy will say, you know what? You can only get me for the day, and it's going to cost you five fig. Well, I will say that it also maybe isn't necessarily they want. They still enjoy giving lessons. I think they realize at that price point, there is somebody that's 500 bucks to them is like 50 bucks for us an hour. True. They go 500 bucks. Okay, cool. That's like $100. To us, yeah, and there's a lot. There is a lot of wealth out there, and there is a lot of wealth that is obsessed with the game of golf. And these are the people that go out and buy PXGs, the, right? The new driver every time it comes out, even it though it doesn't matter. help their game that much, right? Even though that their their driver's seven months old, as soon as TaylorMade releases their new model, they're the first one in line to get fit for it, and they're spending six or seven hundred dollars on mm-hmm. it, and it's no big deal to them. Martin Hall, he's the uh, Brit on uh, the Golf Channel. Golf Channel, yeah. What do you think his rate is? 350. Pretty close, 250. Michael Breed, who I used to really like his show, The Golf Fix. Yeah. Now he's bounced around a little bit. Now he's on CBS Sports. He's bounced. Anyway. Doesn't, he, doesn't he do a serious show as well? I want to say he does. Not sure. What series. do you think his rate is? And he's pretty well known. 180 an hour. 500. 500. That's a lot. So then I go down to uh, Stan Utley. So he's 20th okay. in the country. His bit is short game. That's all he does, chipping, putting. He's at a Greyhawk in Scottsdale. That's a very uh, popular course down there. Mm-hmm. What's his rate? Usually the short game gurus do theirs by the day. They'll have clinics. I'm mm-hmm. going to say it's five grand for the day. Uh, he charges 500 an hour. Okay. All right, Hank Haney. What's he charge? 500 an hour. 3000 an hour. Fifteen thousand dollars a day. That's just and I think I think he's bonkers. the he's the epitome of a guy. If you, I'll do it, but this is what it's worth to me. Yeah, to come out and see you, and I'll you know I'll give them something. I think a day would be a lot more beneficial. Maybe, I mean, I don't, not, not at eighteen thousand dollars or fifteen thousand dollars, but I think you get a lot more. I would I would divvy it up. I'd have a playing lesson, then I'd have a. Another less, you know. Ah, good. I mean, fifteen grand for the day. I mean, that is. I mean, that's like a half a year's salary for okay. a lot of people. He's not even the most uh, most expensive. So Randy Smith, good guy, Randy Smith, been at uh, Royal Oaks forever, and he used to be with. Uh, let's see, who was he with? Um, he was with Justin Leonard. I think he was with Gary Woodward for a while. Woodland. Uh, Woodland. I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you. 
Um, and some other and some other pros. He charges two hundred an hour. It's not bad. Not horrible. Dave Pels, talk about short game. He, okay. might, he might have invented the short game guru himself. I believe. I think he does a clinic every year down at Escondido, mm-hmm. down at Horseshoe Bay. All right. He charges twenty thousand bucks an hour. An hour? I'm, I'm sorry, a day. Okay, so thank God. An that hour. would be some highfalutin. Yeah. Uh, Dave Stockton, the the putting guru, six hundred an hour, and that's of the top fifty. Peter Cost. Okay, Peter Costas. What do you think he charges an hour? He's a Greyhawk too. Thousand bucks. Three fifty an hour. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. And everybody's got a price point. Yeah. I get it, but when you start talking five fig. I don't know. Give me Joey Wurtenberger over at Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. Coming to see you, Joey. Actually, I don't know what he charges, so I should probably. I guess uh... you should find out. <laughs> yes, yeah, probably see what that price point is. So I bet you it went up once he was ranked 11th on this list. So I have a question. So I'm a I'm a uh, resident of Grapevine, so I can play I can play Grapevine Muni. I get a discount because okay. I'm a resident. If you're a resident, do you get a discount on golf lessons? Probably not. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking too. it's probably just their whatever their rate is. That's what their rate I'm is. I'm sure somebody will tell us. You might get a celebrity. Oh yeah, because you know, most of the tea box. Yeah, All right. You are the great Rick Arnett. <laughs> He'll probably just give you lessons for free. I bet. I bet McCorm- McCormick might just call you right now and say, "Come on over, buddy." Maybe for mentions, me. right? I don't know. Anyway, that's a list. I thought it was kind of. I mean, the hourly rate or the daily rate was all over the board, and I and I. Could, Again, I'm looking at the guys that I think are motivated to give as many lessons as possible. It's all relative, price. man. It's just you know, some people have a lot of a lot of net worth, and 500 bucks an hour to them is not doesn't even matter. Or maybe it's more like in the matter of Hank Haney, matter of uh, uh, Dave Pell's. Maybe that's whatever. It could be a group rate, or it can be a single rate, but it's going to be eight, 18 to or fifteen to twenty thousand bucks a day. Yeah, and, and it very well could be the case. And you know, a lot of people will pay that kind of money if you're wealthy just to say, "Hey, man, I took a lesson from Hank Haney today, mm-hmm. or I took a lesson from Spieth's coach today, or Chris Como, Tiger's old coach, whatever." I mean, you get the point. People, people, people that play golf generally love to brag about all the stuff they have, oh, yeah. the equipment, or whoever their instructor is, or whether True. they took a lesson, or what they shot yesterday. Or I'm surprised you have never even taken a tweak lesson. Just a little, never. just have somebody, hey, can you take a look at this? Nope. Tell me what you think. I've so, never, never done it. I mean, the closest thing that I've so you're come fearful, to is, dude. You're fearful no, to hear I, the I, truth. I wouldn't say I'm fearful. I just <laughs> don't want to spend the money. I'm just cheap. <laughs> I'd rather spend that two hundred bucks and go play. Yeah, you know, and that's just kind of the way I've always done it. And I mean, I'm not opposed to taking a lesson if somebody were to call me right now and say, "Hey, man, we'll you know we'll give you a lesson just to you know get you get you started, and make a few tweaks, and probably help your game a little bit." I'd be open to it. I just don't want to pay two hundred bucks an hour. You know, yeah, it's all relative for everybody. It is. All right, that was brought to you by the city of Arlington. They have the uh, Eli played uh, Tierra Verde yesterday. I did. Said it was pretty good. Awesome shape. Yep. And also, Texas Rangers are hosting a new corn ferry event in April. In April, the week after the Masters. Veritex Bank. Veritex Cham- Bank Championship. Yep. Mm-hmm. So how about that? So right out of the shoot, they're getting a, a tour of a pro tour event. Not bad. Love it. Not bad. So check it out. All right. Up next, we'll give you some weather. It actually looks promising. And uh, avid golfer, the compound. Got hit with the sick this week. Wasn't pretty. Talk about that next. All right, 915 on the ticket. T-Box out at Crest Cars today. Crest Cadillac, Crest Infinity, Crest Volvo. Smoking deals, always at the end of the month. 
and you can get a Q50 for like $2.99 a month. I mean, it's it's almost free. And don't forget, Cadillac, they have a brand new SCT5 that I hear is wondrous. I'll be reviewing that down the road. And, uh, and don't forget Volvo. They have the, the popular XC90, 60, and 40. Eli has a, full, has a 60. I do. Yep. Love beautiful. it. It's beautiful. So check it out all at Crest Cars. All right, 930, a little bit of controversy about a certain piece of uh, golf equipment. And whether it's smart or is it just bad form or is it completely illegal. We'll talk about that at 930. But first, got the weather, and that is brought to you by... The combination of the Tribute and Old American, it's now going to be called Golf Clubs at the Tribute, which is smart. They're putting it all under one one big umbrella. So are they losing the name Old American, or is it going to still be Old American at the Tribute, or is it going to be Not sure. Course A, Course B? I haven't got to that point yet, but, uh, but they're going to be combining it. They're going to be using the Tribute Clubhouse, uh, which is smart. They don't have to build one for Old American. Yeah. And uh, they'll share the range, and I think it's a great deal, and they're right next to each other. I'm a big logo guy, like for golf courses. Mm-hmm. I think Old American's got a really cool logo. Me too. I like their logo. Me too. Like that one? Like Tierra Verde's, the little roadrunner? I do, yeah. Yeah, it's, that's Very really cool. cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weather looks like this. It's going to be 66 today and sunny, which that's above my age, so I'm playing. It's my new mantra. Wind chill has to be above my age. Uh, tomorrow's going to be 65, maybe a little shower. And then the rest of the week looks pretty golf. It looks okay. 65 on Monday, 59, a little rain on Tuesday, and then in the mid-50s the rest of the week. As long as it's not a huge north wind, I'm in. There's a huge north wind. I... Yesterday was beautiful. It yes. Was lit, just a little bit nippy, but not too bad. I was, uh, I was envious of you yesterday, but I'm glad you got to get out. Uh, okay, so speaking of this week, so when you left to go play golf, which is what we do, we got to, you know, taste test the courses and so forth. Yeah, I just wanted to go play. It left <laughs> a scant few people in our office. We have about uh, 10-ish, ish, yeah. 10, 11, 12, depending on... Yesterday, once you left, we had one, two, three, three and a half, because uh, Steve, our other sales rep, uh, was there for about half a day. Um, but we had three, and even that was dicey because a couple of them had to go do uh, a restaurant review. An assignment, yeah, for the magazine. And this was all flu-driven, and I hope I didn't start this. But I seem to be the first I one. Say, I think you might have been patient zero here, Chief. Yeah, but here's the thing. I made sure I stayed away. You did. I stayed away for like, they, when they said, okay, you're no more contagious. Stay out another four days. Yeah. You can, and the beauty of it is I can work from home. I can do everything except play a golf round. I can do everything from home that I would do at the office. But, man, people are starting to drop like flies. And some, and some of them didn't even get the flu test. They yeah. just kind of fought through it. We have one guy, our CFO, who's got, sounds like a moose when he's coughing. Oh, man. I honestly thought I heard his lung fall out yesterday. <laughs> sounds like a whooping cough. It was awful. But it's bad. And then you start reading about this flu that's now in China. Yeah, and the started coronavirus. Infiltri- yeah, they st- yeah, is that, you have to put a lime in that? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Chicago. 
Mark. Yeah, one in Chicago. They're, I think, believe they're testing a case uh, down in Waco. Someone really? Have it okay, that's Baylor, really yeah. close. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what they do with people like that. They just bubble boy them? I guess. I fear the uh, I fear the outbreak of, so, of the plague or something. I thought there was one at A&M, too. they too. feel like the... I'm like, sorry, what would you say? I thought there was a uh, case at A&M as well, or a well, suspected a potential case. potential case, yeah. Yes. Hmm. And then I read this morning, I think there was one maybe done at Baylor also. But, so, you know where they think this originated from, right? China? Well, yes, obviously. But this, uh-huh. this certain region in China, one of their delicacies is bat soup. <laughs> and it's apparently, like shark fin Apparently soup. bats carry this very specific strain of this virus, and they think that it, the humans got transferred this virus from eating bat soup. This is okay, literally in the movie Contagion. Yes. Yeah, Contagion. Uh, what was the other movie with Dustin Hoffman? Outbreak. 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 Monkeys I and bats. I fear that stuff. Like, I fear that because you can't see it. We have predicted it. it. But I, I just don't. Have you seen the video of the bat soup that they're talking about? That like, Is it's it gross? It's literally just a bat floating in broth. With the wings? Yes, like a full bat. Maybe it's Is awesome. it deep fried? Is it alive? No. <laughs> Is it's it not alive? Broken. But honestly, it looks <laughs> like they just drop it like in the the boiling water like, a, like you would do a, a lobster. You know, there's something about they were poaching something it. about a certain demographic that's really into all that stuff. Whether it's an aphrodisiac like shark fin soup, and they decimate half the sharks out there, or it's a bat wing, or okay, that yeah. looks ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just like it's that looks just horrid. Drop the bat in the. You know what it looks like? It looks like a charred bat. That's <laughs> what, what it looks like. It's terrible. Like on what? I, okay. I guarantee you there's some kind of there's there is some benefit that somebody is expounding like you eat this and you'll be like superhuman. Oh, there's no doubt that it's yeah, it's or you'll die. Right. There there is something going on there where it's you're supposed to live until you're 150 if you eat bat soup once a week. I, there is no amount of money in the world that I'm sitting down and having someone plunk that down. Looks in like front a good Halloween tape. soup. Give me my awesome breakfast sandwich yep. that we just got up here. Uh, I'm out on this. I'm out on bat soup. I'm not eating bat. Whatever it's crunchy, or they, they, they put cheese boil on it? it. What do they put cheese on? No, there's no sprinkled cheese. In a little it. Tabasco on there, like uh, Olive Garden. They're like, oh, tell me when. Maybe not. I'm sorry, but if you're eating bats, you might have had this one coming. So, if you, this is a very naive question. So bats are also known to, to uh, uh, distribute rabies. You know, they, they have... If you eat a dead bat, can you get rabies or you can only get it if they bite you? I would bet you can probably get it from a dead one. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, we don't know for sure. But yeah, probably. Maybe there's a batologist out there that can tweet us. Man, I went to elementary school with a girl that was, like, really into bats. They actually brought her on the Tonight Show one time, like with Johnny Carson, like when we were very, very young. They and do what? Flew her out. She had bats. She kept bats. Her name was Mary Ellen Granches, I think. <laughs> I'll I, I, just do re- it. I just remember this because everybody in the school, we, I went to a really small school, so everyone in the school was all up in arms because she was going to be on The Tonight Show. I've been in bat caves, and it reeks. Live that rabies. Bat guano, because oh it's just God. guano everywhere. Ugh. I'm out on bats altogether. Live rabies will not survive more than 24 hours in dead animals. Okay, there you go. So. All right, well. Feed it within 24 hours, possibly. See, it's the beauty of Google. That's right. I was talking to somebody last night. What did we do when, before we had Google or Yahoo or whatever, and they asked you a question? You go, I don't know. How do you not know that I'm a <laughs> rabies expert? Now you, do, no, now you go look. Hey, Google it. Go to the encyclopedias, man. 
I used to love the encyclopedias. Yeah, I was a big fan too. Yeah, all of us parent, all of the parents that the, we had. Uh, the almanac, the year, the annual the almanac. Al- yeah, always a big fan of the almanac as well. How do you know yeah, I'm not a rabies expert? Maybe I knew that well, off maybe, the top of my head. Maybe you're a rabies expert. I'm sorry. I watched him Google it. If that helps, I majored in okay. rabies. Thank you. That looked very um, Indiana Jones esque. Yes, the soup. Like, yeah, like, 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 like the, the eyeballs eyeball. are floating in the soup, and the monkey brains, and the um, the snake surprise. They cut the snake open, and all the little snakes yeah. start slithering all over the table. So we're getting off track just a little bit, but uh, yeah. So we we had literally half our office gone, maybe more because Craig was gone. Yeah, he was down in Florida, um, and now they say so. I haven't had a flu shot in twenty years, so it finally caught up to me. The last time I had a flu shot was when I was working at the station full time. Yeah, and we used to do a, it was almost like a PSA. You know, you come in, everybody gets their flu shot and says "ow," and now everybody else should too. Um, but I haven't had one in twenty years, and the first time I've had the flu in twenty years. And now they say, well, you know, you're kind of getting up there in the years. You should probably, meaning me, just turned 63. I probably need a flu shot. Probably need a pneumonia shot. And shingles, even though I've had shingles. And Viagra. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. That's good. Although I hear it's a great party <laughs> drug. <laughs> Maybe I should give it a try. I don't know. Not, change no, my, change my party routine. It's <laughs> funny party? because every year the last five, six years I've gotten a flu shot. Well, this year I just I kind of got sidetracked and I got busy and I didn't get around to it. And, of course, this is the year where everybody in the office gets it. And so I'm just, you know, walking around with hand sanitizer. And, I do, too. You know, one of those masks like you see. I'm thinking about putting it. Airport. And, I'm thinking about getting going old school and getting one of those little uh, pager holsters and putting and putting some hand, uh, sanit- hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer yeah, in there. Because your, everything your utility you t- belt. every time you touch something. It's like, oh, i got to desant it. Although they say uh, washing your hands with soap is better than the... Oh, I've done that a ton. No, I'm just saying it's better. Yeah. They said that uh, the... Um, Sometimes I'll double dip. Like if you go to somewhere where they you know, they have the hand sanitizer that's affixed to the wall right. as you walk out of the restroom, I'll do the hand wash, and then I'll hit the hand sanitizer on the way out, just double dip. Well, here's the crazy thing. I didn't have any symptoms of the flu. I didn't have a, didn't have a uh, temp. I didn't... I wasn't nauseous. I was a little knocked out, but I didn't have any aches and pains. Yeah. I was just tired, and I had a bad cough. Any hell vomit from down below? No, like I said, no nausea. That's good. So when I went in to go to the doctor, that I, you know, my mom's in assisted living. i got to be careful not to be contagious with that, obviously. Yeah, you that turns into that, tur- right. that turns into <laughs> mayhem. a major story on our hands. Right. Um, but they said, uh, why, don't you get a, why don't you get your flu tested? I said, I don't have any of the symptoms. They go, Listen, well, you're already here. And they said, lo and behold, you have it. You have influenza A, which is the most common, and that tends to reside in your chest. Yeah. So think of your fellow man. Well, congratulations on giving the entire office the flu. I don't think I did. <laughs> but if I did, I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> you've done good. Because I try good. to stay away. I'm not one of those guys that's going to be here. Back in the day, Craig and I talked about this last week. When you were sick, you came in because you had to show everybody you were sick. Otherwise, you were a, right. a ne'er-do-well. Yeah. And you're faking it. So nowadays, you just got to be smart. You can do everything from home. To quit being selfish and just... Uh, I'm telling you, if I if I miss, man, you know that I'm, I'm not feeling good. I I try and make it in. Every job I've ever had, I try and get there. You know, hook or crook, I'm going to try and show up. If I, if I don't make it, I'm really not feeling well. Like, worried that there might be stuff, you know happening while i'm at work like regurgitation type things yeah i'm weird i usually get sick at the end of the year and it's usually the crud yeah you usually when i was growing up my mom 
will still tell me I was always sick right around Christmas. Me like, too. The week before, the week after, like sometime right around Christmas, I was always sick. And I never missed a day of school. But that was like all the only time I was sick was like right yeah, around Christmas. I would, I would get sick during the holidays. So I had a perfect attendance record. I wasn't yeah. very smart. Wasn't very smart. Right. Nine thirty on the ticket. So if you uh, if you're feeling a little rundown, go go get tested. Yeah, or have some bat soup. Yeah, have some bat soup too. See how that works out for you. All right, uh, that was brought to you by the greatness of your Texas Junior Golf Tour. There it's a tribute today. It's a good course, man. It's a great course, and uh, it's a great organization. A bunch of kids involved. Uh, check out check out tjgt.com for all the rules, regulations, and I think you'll really enjoy. All right, up next. Saw this last week. It's not the first time we've seen it, but a celebrity was using it. And all hell was breaking loose, whether this was legit, was a good idea, or bad form, or completely illegal. We'll talk about that next on The Ticket. 934 on The Ticket. T-Box out at Crest Cars today. Our home away from home every last Saturday of the month. We just, uh, I haven't even started my lunch breakfast yet, but it looks delish. Eli chomped his. Did you yeah. like it? A little awesome. breakfast sandwich with awesome. some, let's see, an over easy egg. It's got sausage, bacon, cheese, and hash browns. Hash browns and egg. That is, and it is a breakfast sandwich killer. on steroids. Mm, can't wait. Don't forget the cars. Crest cars. Uh, got Infinity. Got Cadillac. And you have Volvo. They switched to a lunch menu here like around 1 o'clock or something? I don't know. I haven't been here that long. Oh, yeah. I was curious of that. How about that? So breakfast is always awesome. Yes, yes, yes. All right, uh, 9.50, Eli will change hats and be part of Country Force with uh, Ty Walker, who will be out here as well, and they'll be here till noon. Already is here. How about that? Yeah, show prep right here behind us. That's Look at amazing. Him. Look at him. There he is. Look at him doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him doing nothing. Please add that to our open next week. <laughs> He's got his laptop open, but I'm doing nothing. Uh, what is he doing? He's uh, on on the Facebook. See, yeah, he's, yeah, he's on the face doing he's nothing. Face facing. They're face facing. All right, so they have a. Uh, this is not a new idea, but this is something that is kind of a bit. I've seen it on TV lately. One of the infomercials is the freestanding putter that you use to. If you're having trouble align with alignment on putting, you can put the putter down, and it'll stand up, and you get behind the ball, and you can tweak it, and 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 that's how it goes. It looks funny as hell. It looks very weird. It almost looks like some sort of on-course magic show. It looks strange, but I don't believe it's illegal. I looked at a bunch of it. Now, is it bad form? Yeah, kind of. Is it? Why? If it's not illegal. No, but, I mean, it just looks funny. It looks like it should be cheating, but it's not. Yeah, um, I mean, so this is obviously to aid with alignment, correct? Uh-huh. Yeah. So how is that any different from having a line drawn on your golf ball to it's aid not, with alignment? It's not. Okay. I mean, I'm just curious. All I'm saying Just is. because it looks different doesn't necessarily mean that it's not the exact same thing as having a line drawn around your ball. Well, John Smoltz won his celebrity tournament or celebrity portion of the tournament with it. And yeah, that's because John Smoltz is a good player. He's a scratch golfer. Yeah. Just ask him. 
Although when you get some pro tour events, all these guys get exposed so quickly. Scratch, you might as well be us. I mean, yeah. So, but I think it's a great idea. In fact, I'll say it again. I don't believe any one piece of golf equipment, I don't care what you do to it, is going to guarantee you hit a perfect shot. No. Because you're a very – now, you could do it with an Iron Byron, but you can't do it with a human because a human is very imperfect. Yeah. So the imperfect – You the still imperf- have to make the shot. The imperfection will override the perfection of the of the technology, allegedly. How about that? Yes. I mean, it, it's very much – it's not the arrow, it's the Indian. I mean, yeah. it's just it's the way it is. I mean, if you have a flawed swing, it doesn't matter all the technology in the world. It, you can go buy a $700 driver that adds 10 miles an hour worth of ball speed to your tee shots. If you can't hit it in the fairway, it's going to do you absolutely no good. You're just going to be further into the trees. Do you ever notice that uh, with drivers, they always – expound the the benefits of how far you hit it but they never say anything about accuracy no because people don't care about accuracy because by and large after say my age that's all you're doing is just just chasing distance Mm -hmm. because you want to stay in the game and you just are hesitant to move up a tee box and then move up another tee box and then before you know it everything's too long for you and so golf's talking about inclusionary versus exclusionary right so why don't they just open up the buckets and just let these manufacturers come up with whatever the hell they want and see what happens? Because invariably what will happen is this. Everything adjusts. So you have you have superintendents. You have course designers. Um, if you want to toughen up a course, you speed up the greens. You grow the rough. You shrink the fairways. Make it longer, which is whatever. alienated half of the players. Or maybe not make it longer. Just make it shorter, but you have... You have it so that it's you know the the fairway starts pinching in at 300 yards. Well, then they'll just fly it right over that. Well, not if it's pinched in and and they're not hitting it. They'll just fly it right past where it's pinched in. Yeah, but it's pinched in from then on. Okay. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying? So make everything like a U.S. Open where the fairways are 25. I'm just telling you, if if they came out with something that was now the as far as the uh, the belly putter or the anchored putter. That was ridiculous because, yeah, okay, so there was a stretch. Webb Simpson, uh, Adam Scott, uh, who's the other guy? Bernard Longer. Bernard Longer. Long time. Uh, Jason Duffner, Keegan Bradley. There was a there was a run of anchored putters that were that were winning majors, and that's the only reason they got rid of it. So let me ask you this. How is that any different from what Matt Kuchar does where he basically affixes the putter to his arm whenever he makes a stroke. Because How's I, that different? Because I'm going to, okay, I'm no physicist or anything, but I think it has to do with the fulcrum. You know, it's the it's the base. Cause, so that's anchored. If you have it anchored to your uh, your wrist or your forearm, that's still, there's still movement in that's I don't know. They, I don't know how to describe it, but it's not on like a pendulum. I think. Well, I would be very, I very think. interested to hear why the USGA feels like one is a distinct advantage and the other one isn't. Because they have nothing else to do. I agree. That's because they just they just want to be petty and they just have to figure out ways to just to try and seem like they're doing. So something. when they're so it's, as wheels off as Bryson DeChambeau can be, um, he definitely pushes the envelope. Whether it's uh, using a compass protractor to figure out how what the distance is to a green. I don't know. I still don't know how he did that. Um, putting side saddle like Sam Snead used to do. And he does it, and they found that illegal. Why? Are you going to make anything more? And if you do, isn't the game of golf better for it? 
I mean, I, golf is tough enough. I think maybe a good bit of the DeChambeau argument was that the more of these little devices and things that he is using, it's just making him take even longer. Well, he's actually taking he shorter shot. now, believe it or not, because now he's hitting it longer. So he can be ready for his shot by the time the people that were bunning it down the fairway comparatively. Yeah, but I mean, and he I'm says it helps before right. whenever he's trying to use this, you know, compass or whatever. He, he says he's learning, and I and I get it. He's still going to be a he's still going to be a a lightning rod because some people just don't like him. You know, he's kind of kind of yeah, crazy. He's kind of but crazy is good. Crazy changes things a little bit, and I, I would just love them to do it once because. As much as everything has changed over the years, Eli, uh, metal metal woods, um, stronger lofted iron, so you hit it farther. The ball is better. There's less spin on it. It goes straighter. The average scoring has not gone down. I mean, Byron Nelson still has the all-time scoring record. Maybe Tiger finally eclipsed him, but it was by like a quarter of a shot, something crazy. Maybe in 2000, I think he had a 67-ish average score. But that's one guy. Doesn't mean like the rest of the, and that's just because he's uber talented. Well, I don't how think much it's of that equipment. is because of the evolution in course design and redesign? Because some of these older courses have had to be lengthened or made more difficult because of the advances in technology and because the players take better that's care what I'm of themselves. Saying. I mean, it's just there's an equilibrium there, right? When something gets improved, you have to counteract that with some sort of more difficulty. And I just wish the USGA would just get rid of everything and the RNA. They're the only two that govern this stuff. Or they have the PGA Tour do their own. What is that? Okay, so, so he was using a bloodline putter. Mm-hmm. What does that run? That's a good question. I want to say it was like 700 bucks for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know, but. Uh, let's see. Looks like they start at 499 That's still that's, you know, the, it's about Scotty Cameron-esque. Yeah, 500 bucks. It's, yeah, that's pretty... Uh... Okay. But it's a self-standing putter. Mm-hmm. And most people have trouble putting more than anything else. And, and, and if you're you're having trouble kind of understanding what we're talking about, you set the putter down behind the ball, and then you can physically let go of the putter and walk back behind it'll stays, it, and it it'll stays stay there. there. Yeah. Uh-huh. The putter actually stands on it's, its own right putter. behind the ball. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around when you say, well, it's a, it's a standing putter. Well, I mean, they all kind of stand up. But, yeah, it, it'll actually stay there. Not if nobody's it holding like on to it. looks like a magic trick. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, one day somebody will come up. Although most pro golfers, they don't really have alignment problems. They have other stuff swirling in their head, whether it's too much speed or, or they don't like the weight of it or they're not hitting up on it enough. And By the way, a little trick, not that I'm full of golf instruction today. If you're having problems with your putting because you're supposed to be hitting – up on it to get it get it, get your, get the roll going quicker. Uh, putt with a wedge. It teaches you that you have to hit with that leading edge and you have to hit up on it just a little bit or you'll just put too much spin on it. Want to hear my putting tip of the day? Yeah. That I was given a few weeks. Automatic back two putt. Actually, that would be lovely if that were the case. Right. But set the putter down behind the ball and rather than take a backstroke and and actually make a full stroke, set the putter behind the ball and then just do. Push it? Just a forward stroke. Can you do that? Well, I mean, not. it's a drill. It's not, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's it. a drill to help you keep the putter low through mm-hmm. impact mm-hmm. so you continue on the stroke. I've been working on that. Actually, has helped. And you have that new uh, driver sh- or putter putting shaft uh-huh. that you can see in this issue of Avid Golfer Magazine. Yes, which I will see if on a long enough timeline. I'll report back to you here in two, three months. And we'll all see right. If the putting's improved. It's all about trends, baby. Yep. And just report the highlights. Yes. So when you're putting lights oh, well, out. I, I won't tell you the three straight three straight weeks that I've three-putted nine out of 18 greens. 
There you go. All right, it is a 944 on the ticket. That was an award-winning uh, tee box, if I do say so myself. No doubt. Thanks to Eli. And uh, that was brought to you by, we have Union Bear right down the road. It's that brewery pub. Mm-hmm. It's the Union Bear Brewery. We're going to be there. So the how about the yep. Union we'll, Bear Brewing, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll be there uh, February the 8th. All right. Because we love that place. I won't. You and Craig Right will. down the road. Assuming yeah. he's back. He Two might days be back. before my birthday. There you go. There you go for Kern. Go there for your birthday. All right, up next, a rousing edition of The Mix with Country Force. A952 on the ticket. T-Box having fun out here. Crest Cars today. Crest Infinity. Crest Cadillac. Crest Volvo. Awesome end-of-the-month deals for you. And I uh, want to thank everybody for their wonderful hospitality out here. Mike Broson, the leader out here. Maddie. McPhail bringing us breakfast. It was awesome. I'm about halfway through my my Uber breakfast sandwich, which is might be the best one I've had. Yeah, I, I destroyed mine. It has. I didn't like his sausage, egg, hash browns, bacon, toasted bun. Mm. See if they'll substitute so the uh, sausage for bat. <laughs> yeah, we'll, I think that's a great idea. I think we'll pass. <laughs> I was always under the uh, impression that if you didn't know something that you're eating was what it is, and you told somebody told you it was something else, I bet you wouldn't have a problem with it. I think half our issues are, are all mental-based more than taste. It's like that that episode of All in the Family where, they, uh, where uh, Archie eats... This is Ty Walker, eats, by the way. Hello. Uh, Archie eats horse and doesn't know he's eating horse. Mm-hmm. Thinks it's delicious, then they tell him, and he starts <laughs> gagging profusely. <laughs> I'm telling you, less stuff you know about going to a restaurant, the better. I've worked in them. I love restaurants, and I, n- I never, ever get food poisoning on anything. But I think if I knew ahead of time. Still not eating bats. Yeah, probably not. Can I tell you guys two things I learned on the tea box today okay. Mark. as I was driving up? How about right. this? Let me say thank you to everybody. Oh, sure. And then we'll sveltly yeah. say. Less, less you, Tom. Sorry. One, well, one moment. Less you. I should know that by now. Big thanks to Kern Engineering. <laughs> Good job today as always. We'll see you at uh, Classic BMW next week. Uh, back at the station, Jay King and Samuel Hale. And uh, maybe we'll have the same crew next week. You never know. I'm, I'm not sure if Craig's coming back. for the next two hours. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's right. Okay, so without further ado. Yes. Okay, so two Ty, things I two learned. Things you learn about the tea from, box. You, from you gentlemen. <laughs> we on eat the on the air. Eating on the air. Okay. Well, that's another one. Oh. Um, I did not realize that golf elected people to their Hall of Fame that were still playing. Yeah, and I didn't realize that JB Holmes was the stinky player on the PGA well, Tour. Well, that, I mean, there that's, you go. That's what I've been told. I've been told by a, a multitude that he has a uh, unique musk about him. He's the Vlade Divots of the PGA He's Tour. He's like Gallagher. <laughs> Does Vlade stink? <laughs> that's what I've heard. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. I, I can tell you firsthand that Gallagher smells. Yeah. When e- Eli and I went to go see Gallagher a couple years ago, which Gallagher? Man, Why? Oh man! Because he was, did you guys lose a bet. No, no, we wanted no. to go see. Gallagher. It's like climbing Everest Why? because it was there. Yeah. Because but, he was in town. <laughs> and what did he destroy? He destroyed All of everything. It. My he, old my olfactory senses first and foremost. <laughs> Why he reek? Well, we oh, got dude. see we got there. That's a, were you not paying attention? To yeah, the was. We're talking about Gallagher, how bad he smells. He, sorry, I was I was channeling my Craig Rosengard. Yeah, I, oh, through dude, me. I mean, well, I'm telling you, he. Roars. It was at the uh, it was at the Gas Monkey, and we walk in, <laughs> and we were like, and we get there. I don't know. It was like an hour early or so, and we and we look over and there's some the merch table and we're like man 
We take a double look. Gallagher's over there helping sell the merch. So you can just walk up and talk to him right. and take a picture and stuff. And it's man of the people. Yeah. Once you, all, it's like uh, as you get closer, you kind of get into that uh, that range. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Oh, his, his spirit Somebody's sautéing off onions. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, and he shoots off some HSOs, political HSOs, man. Yes. He, it was an interesting Ooh. show for sure. As my, my old high school football coach would say, he was roaring with the odoriferi. <sighs> Man. Who was the guy he he did the show with, too? Uh, party Artie. Party Artie. <laughs> That's a Party Artie. That is his bit. Uh, his, uh, good his name, question. His name was Artie something. He Artie, stinks, too. It wasn't Artie Lang. It was another Boy, random, crummy or Artie. Oh, he was awful. There's nothing worse than bad B.O. Oh, nothing. Man. I'll never I mean, forget. it was like a punch in the mouth. I mean, you're just like, oh. It's like, that, it's like when you take the lid off of a crock pot and that steam hits you in the face. Yes. That's what it was. Except it was B.O. steam. In that crock pot, it was like just rotten <laughs> undies. <laughs> so I had this theory back when the uh, the World Cup was in Dallas. 94? Mm-hmm. I don't know I had to cover it. I was the I was the Cub reporter at the time for the ticket. Nice. Actually, it wasn't too bad. But that's when that's I a learned. Cool assignment. That's when I learned, hundred percent, that nobody showers more than Americans. I, I man, when it. I got in a, when I got one of those scrums, oh my god, well, right, <laughs> just like eyes start watering. <laughs> like, oh, god. I mean, if they if they didn't have the corona flu back then, I certainly felt I was getting it <laughs> yeah. from multiple sources. Man, I mean, my eyes were watering. It was so bad. It was it was horrid. I maybe do it. maybe they're like Matthew McConaughey, where he thinks his own musk is. Uh, yeah, it's just he doesn't need to attracting the ladies. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah, yeah, I don't oh, buy that. Yeah, I don't either. Hmm. Not buy it. <laughs> and then and then you know th- there is the opposite end of that spectrum too, where there's over cologne guy that you can smell mm-hmm. from like sixty, seventy feet away, where you're like, okay, man, like there's a happy medium there, like you know, not a big cologne wearer, like you know, I am. like some good good deodorant, it works just fine. Flash like a little high karate on, and you're yeah, good to go. High no high karate. karate. I haven't done high karate or English leather. You, or... so you seem you seem like you might be like a Burberry guy. Are you a Burberry no, guy? this is uh, I don't even. You know what? I don't even. I think one's a Versace. Oh, and one Carnor. is something is. else. Mm. I rotate. Of course. I rotate. Yo. They're not that expensive. I rotate them. <laughs> But I don't smell them, but I know other people do. Because after a while, you just... Versace. Well, yes. And then what you do is you spray and you walk into it. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, so you don't that's a very you actually, you actually spray it. It on your body. There's subtlety. You want subtlety to it. Exactly. Yes. So, no, that's just good hygiene. I just roll like, a little, little, uh, like a little Old Spice Bear Glove myself. That's <laughs> my, uh, little that's little my Noir. No, no, no. No, that's old, too. No Stetson or any or of that. Millionaire. Do you remember Millionaire? Never had Millionaire. <laughs> I never was, did I that. I think that was my first bottle of cologne when I was like nine years old. Everybody had the, uh, when I was in high school, every, everybody either had Hugo Boss or the Polo Blue. Here, Google this. I want to see what's the percentage of men that wear cologne. I'll bet. I'm going to bet it's... 35%. Yeah, I'd say about 40. You say it's higher than that, Kern? I'm going to say 35%. Cologne. Uh, let's see. It says right up top. Yes. Does that say 63%? Whoa. Wow. So apparently the, the NPD group reports on men's fragrance <laughs> usage. All right. Yes. N- well, NPD group is on this. All right. So how often do you use fragrances? Among male adult population, 18 to 64, 37% say never, oh, 23% say all, 13% most times, 11% sometimes, 16% rarely. Let's see if we can go more in-depth here. Huh. Mm-hmm. So I got the 
the ones that never use it, I got that right on the money. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the yeah. exact opposite. Yeah. <clears throat> well, in my circle of friends, I might be the only one that wears cologne. And I think my- they're I think they're haphazard on their deodorant. <laughs> You think? <laughs> no, I don't. Are all of your friends reeky? No, they, they're fine. Do you they're have reeky They overcompensate one yeah. for the other. You know, they're fine because I would tell them. Pungent friends yeah. for Rick. I would tell them you're making my eyes water. I don't think I really know anybody that occasionally has the funk. I mean, everybody does. You know, if you get out and play like 36 holes of golf, you're probably not going to smell great. If you don't know anybody, done, if you don't know anybody that has me, it, it might be you. Me. I'll say because it's this. So back when I was with with Bob and Dan. We had a we had it you know they they run through interns like yes I run through potato chips and they and they uh, we hired a guy brought a guy on board I, I forget his first name but he was well, called he was the smelly guy you he was the stinky intern it. oh yeah and he might have showered once a week maybe <laughs> they still reference him but his problem was he had no olfactory glands I mean he couldn't smell anything so oh, no yeah. so, so he didn't know so maybe that's maybe that's uh, maybe, maybe JB Holmes problem yeah it could be. <laughs> Because once you smell it on yourself, that's when you know you've crossed the the point. Or it could be from he's from like the backwoods of Kentucky and just doesn't believe in deodorant. But we had the hardest time. But so so Dan is Dan and Bob are not confrontational, believe it or not. No, in certain instances. Yeah, yeah. But um, when we had to have a group meeting and we had to have a unanimous decision that I was the one that had to tell the stinky intern that he needed to yeah mix in a shower more than once a month that's on that news yeah i had to do that so how did that go over with said stinky intern well he said he goes yeah i don't shower often because i don't sweat i said tap that break (laughs) (laughs) i don't sweat i mean that doesn't matter you don't have to sweat to get funky yeah I don't know, but sit, it was sit around on the couch for five days. You're going to get funky. You're never going to break a sweat once. But here's the thing: none of the three of us had the gall to tell him for about a month, maybe longer. Oh, man, we just that, went. Okay, here he comes. That's Hold tough your breath. news, man. You don't want to be the one passing that along to somebody that they reek. Well, don't you? Wouldn't you want to know if you were? Wanna, you probably would want to know, but I still wouldn't want to be the one delivering the news because, like, man, that's I don't want to. So be you sent him a guy. note. Yeah. You just sent him an anonymous note. Send him a text. Hey, mix in a shower. <laughs> Before you come back in, go buy a bar of soap. So you guys don't do cologne. <laughs> now, my wife tried to get me. When we first married, she tried to get me into cologne. She wanted me to be cologne She's guy. telling you something. Maybe that's it. Maybe you, I am stinky You guy. refrained? I tried it for a little bit, but it Might was get just, lucky with it. Hey, now. Well, uh, she's maybe she's recommending it's maybe, okay. Maybe there's a payoff. Maybe yeah. that was the payoff. Uh, but oh. I, after a while, I was like, oh, I can't. I just, I never, I would forget. And I just, finally, she just realized she gave up. She's like, okay, you just don't want to do it. I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. My grandmother gave me a bottle of cologne every Christmas for about <laughs> five or one. six years. And just regifted No, different, different ones. And they're all like under the cabinet in my bathroom, like just with barely any of them, any of it used. Oh, you can need to, you need to take a picture of that. I bet you there's some old. Like the high karate's. No, and the, no, no. These were like nice. This was like nice stuff, like Burberry and you know. Like, and you're you. I you just, just not a, I'm not a big cologne wearer. Hey, hey, I don't really go that many places that would require cologne. How about out in public? What? <laughs> <laughs> like that might be that's one. What deodorant is for, sir? <laughs> no, that prevents the the other stuff. But yeah, I would think I think a little spritz. All right. Well, you know what? Ty, next week I'm gonna. Lay some cologne on you. I'm going to come into the studio, and you're going to go. Maybe I'll wear some too. Okay. That's Ooh, great. clashing you know, colognes. The yeah. clash of colognes. I know Craig doesn't wear any. He's not a big cologne guy. I'm not either. I mean, you know. And you guys back at the station don't wear it. Maybe it's an age thing. 
Maybe young. There's no, no way I Ham don't. wears it. Only occasionally. No yeah, occasionally for me too. See, I heard an occasion. Okay. I get like a nice bottle right, for so Christmas, like, and Sam, it'll last me for a while. You throw on a little spritz here and there. Yeah, I've got a little Burberry I keep just for special occasions. Like you know, if I've got a, just for the just for the undercarriage in case you got a hot day. You know, a little word to you the know, wise for for us male listeners. Um, women remember you by by smell more than anything else. That's their biggest sense when it comes to biggest. Men. Yeah, yeah, they'll remember a scent. So it's like, oh, I remember that. I remember that cologne. I remember. Way more than visual. It's pretty much every woman I've ever met remembers me for Miller Lite. That's, 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 <laughs> that's his scent of choice. O'Day Light. O'Day Booze. <laughs> O'Day MD 4040. It's MD 2020. Come on, Ty. They no, still but have you, that? But you, no, double, but you drink two bottles of it. You double it up. Yeah. It's MD 4040. Wait a minute. Is MD 2020 still around? Yes. Oh, you bet. Because I got sick on that yes, a sir. billion times. It is still around. It's yeah. still terrible. Oh, it is hor- it's it's mouthwash with... Uber alcoholic. Yeah, because it's like it's and it looks the same way coming out. Cheap Kool Aid with like they still have Boone's Farm. Thunderbird. Yes, into they have Boone's Farm out there still. Oh, yes, of course, and, absolutely. Twenty twenty just came out with a new flavor. Still. still. Oh yeah, they got the the fuzzy navel and the strawberry hill. What, what's the other one? Apple Apple Annie's. What was the uh, one? Uh, not just green apple or something? No, it was something else. But those are all the cheap ones. Yeah. That you would buy in in bulk. And then decorate somebody's lawn I, afterwards. I, going to some sketchy convenience store oh. and come out with about a case I, of Boone's Farm I remember, for the party. I remember I was the in my senior year of college, I was the guy that had already turned 21, and I had a couple friends that needed somebody to go buy for them. So you I were was, the mule? Yes, and so they're <laughs> sitting in the back seat. I go in, and one of them wanted a bottle of Apple Boone's Farm, and mm. I come back to it wasn't two minutes later. I turn around. He's already put a straw in the bottle, and it's like he's he's in his little he's got his little sippy cup with his Boone's Farm wine in the back of the car. None of that stuff ends well. No, because Gross. it's cheap and it's too sweet Treat, and it's good cheap yeah, drunk. It's, yeah, it's huh. Interesting. <laughs> yuck. That is kind of a yuck. <laughs> Although my breakfast sandwich is really good. That was today. That we've delicious. talked about bat soup, Boone's Farm. Body odor, yeah, I'm telling you, now, <laughs> just run the game. What a great, isn't what that a the, great mix? Isn't that the but four see, basic I, food I feel groups? Like this mix went, went went way better without Craig. Maybe we should just ask him to just sit out next week. Well, Craig just checks out unless it's an NBA topic. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and his eyes get glassy really quick. Boy, I bet you he's Jones, and he wishes he was here to talk about Willie Cauley Stein. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, he's probably just sitting on the beach going, oh, man, "What do you think about the Mavs game, Willie Cauley Stein?" Suck it. <laughs> they could call him. So we're going to talk about that on the show today. Oh, really? Yes. Yes, as well as Clandestine? whether Eli Manning, Eli Manning Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. 77, 13, 10. Yeah, we're going to do all that. Might do a Twitter poll. Might do it on the show. You know, that's kind of the same Stop. thing as uh, my three minimums, three major win minimum. Okay. So two, two Super Bowl wins. It's the same as Jim Plunkett has. Mm-hmm. Tom Flores, the coach of the Raiders, has two Super Bowl wins, but he's not in the Hall of Fame, and he should be. It's anti-Raider. Yes, That's what that is. I agree. Hmm. Anyway, so we'll we'll uh, so gonna hit dice that? that up. Yeah, dice up a little Hall of Fame talk. Oh, and next, I guess we're being sent out. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jay. by the AAC. This is Sports Radio 1310 and 96.7 FM, The Ticket. KTCK AM, Dallas, Fort Worth. KTCK FM, Flower Mound. A cumulus station.